Hello, everyone out there on internet land. It's your friend Chase. Welcome to another episode of the Chase Jarvis Live Show. Today's micro show is something I call the unexpected catalyst. First of all, I love unexpected things because if it was always expected, then what a boring show. And then I also love catalysts. I love things that motivate me, inspire me, get me moving to create, cultivate inertia. Today's unexpected catalyst is embracing boredom as the vehicle to ignite your creativity. Now, right, it's counterintuitive, but that's actually the point. And today's hyper-connected, always-on world, can you think of the last time you were actually bored, <laughs> right? Moments of genuine boredom, they are becoming increasingly rare. We're always constantly being bombarded with, you know, notifications or messages or all sorts of streams of content all over. You can just be walking down the street in New York and look, and just, you could be entertained by all the billboards and the digital signs and all this stuff, right? We're always being bombarded with content, with notifications and all the other stuff. Again, the mere thought of actually being bored, it seems alien, right? Because say you are bored, say you're having dinner with your colleague or spouse, they get up to go to the bathroom. What do you do? You reach for your phone. When was the last time you just paused and looked around? What if I told you that boredom, that very state that we seek to avoid through all these distractions around us, what if that boredom could actually be a wicked tool in your toolbox to inspire, motivate, and launch your best ideas, your most creative thinking? This age in which we live of constant, instant gratification, the moment we feel a hint of boredom, we reach for our phones, this is our addiction to dopamine. The dopamine is this feel-good hormone, this new novel, something is entering my field of view. That is something that we've actually become addicted to as a culture. I did a great podcast on this exact topic with Dr. Anna Lemke, L-E-M-B-K-E. Look it up, it's a great episode. But that boredom that we feel, the juice that we get when we pick up our phone is dopamine. And that dopamine makes us feel good, but it's very temporary. And it's very distracting by design, right? It's a new, our, our, our neurology sees this as a new interesting thing we've got to take in. And this could be the news. This could be your Instagram feed. This could be anything. Whether you grab for your phone or a new browser tab or, or turn on the TV, all of this constant simulation, we were not designed for it. And while it may be entertaining, it doesn't necessarily, in fact, it could be entirely antithetic to our creative souls, right? This is like snacking on junk food all day and then wondering why you're not feeling nourished. When we allow ourselves by contrast to be bored, this is a reset button for our brain. It is a baseline, it is a reminder, it is a bing, it's the little bell. Rather than becoming stagnant, the brain begins to do its own work. This mental wandering in the moments of boredom is where most magic begins, right? It's the act of daydreaming. It's the act of thinking to yourself, solving a problem that is in your mind, looking at something in a new and novel way, rather than replacing that visual, that thing that's in your field of view with a screen. It's when we are allowing ourselves to daydream that thoughts can flow one into another without a particular goal, making new 
potentially neural pathways. Instead of reaching for the phone, which is a familiar neural pathway that says, if I reach for this thing, I'm going to get this little buzz, like Pavlov's dog. That's how that works. If, by contrast, you allow your brain to wander without a goal. This is an incredibly valuable exercise for stumbling on unexpected connections and fresh ideas. Now, this is not new. I mentioned my conversation with Dr. Anna Lemke. Neuroscientific studies have shown repeatedly that when our minds wander in a good way, the brain's default mode network actually becomes more active versus grabbing your phone when your brain goes into a familiar pattern, dumbs down, is in a consumption mode. This other mode I'm talking about is associated with self-reflection, with imagination, with spontaneous thought arising. In other words, boredom sets the stage for some of our brain's most powerful capacities and most profound creative insights. Now, many of history's great thinkers and artists alike, they understood the value of boredom. Imagine that. Leonardo, for example, he was known for staring blankly at the wall for a long time. People thought it was weird, and we might think it's weird today. But if it is during these moments that brilliance can visit you, that you allow your mind to do what it's naturally gifted to do, which is create and connect thoughts that used to not be connected. It's in these moments of apparent inactivity that folks like Leonardo conceptualized many of his most revolutionary ideas, and the same could be true for you. The same is true for Newton, for example. Groundbreaking insights on gravity came from him, not like grinding in the lab, but quietly in isolation. During the plague, in fact, he did a lot of allowing his mind to wander freely, and I bet that you would benefit from this as well. Now, how do we do this constructively? Because I, I get it. You're going, okay, cool. I, I need to be bored. No, I'm actually literally talking about cultivating boredom. So how can we do this? Here's a couple thoughts. Let's harness the power of boredom in our own lives by first setting up a couple of windows for a digital detox. Right now you're gasping like, oh God, no, dear God, don't make me. That alone should remind you that you have a problem with this. And that problem is not helping you, it's harming you. It's harming your creativity, it's harming your humanness. I feel like I'm repeating this story every other show, but maybe it can't be stressed enough how much our devices are both a blessing and a curse. I'm here to say that the internet has unlocked so many things culturally, of course. That can be true and you can commit to dedicating specific times in your day or week when you completely disconnect from digital devices. If it helps, block time on your calendar, if it helps hide your device, there are things that you can purchase that will actually lock your device for a certain amount, number of time, a safe or whatever. There's software you can set your phone to do. This creates space for your mind to wander without digital distractions. Plan a digital detox. I do not know one person, this is fact, I personally do not know one person who has done a digital detox who did not come out of that detox saying that was valuable. Study of one, this is just me and my experience, but I think that should be a powerful indicator. Here's another one, mindful moments. Now I have often shared that my wife Kate is a, a meditation and a mindfulness teacher. I've learned a lot from her about rather than filling every free moment with action or activity, embracing stillness. Heck, my pal Ryan Holiday wrote a great book, Stillness is the Key. Whether it's staring out of a window, doing an actual mindful practice, or meditating, trying to have nothing in your mind, taking a slow walk, 
without a destination or even just sitting there in silence. These moments are fertile ground for creativity. Another example, thing you should try, journaling. This is another one of those drums I'm just gonna keep beating here on the show. If you're feeling bored, instead of reaching for your phone, grab a notebook and a pen. Write down your thoughts. No matter how random they seem, write them down. This is a powerful vehicle. This is not necessarily doing nothing, This is doing something, but it's something that is not typical, right? It is very atypical culturally for us to to write down our thoughts and sit with them, a pen and a paper in quiet. I believe that journaling, and for me in my experience and and the experience of so many people I know, so many people have been guests on the show, journaling is a valuable exercise. Relative to the digital distractions that are available to you, the fact that you can know any fact from just simply reaching for your phone, the simple guide of a notebook and a pen and your own thoughts, that's boring relative to those other options. Try journaling. Last one is a little bit of a curveball. It's embracing routine. I'm going to tell a little personal story here. Uh, And this is a confession of sorts. Um, There was a time, uh, maybe I'll call it, let's say eight years ago, eight, 10 years ago, Doesn't, doesn't matter, but it was a while ago where I was so busy with work and I was happy that I was busy and I had come up with the fact that, you know, the concept of, you know, buying back your time by outsourcing all these activities in your life that didn't bring you or you didn't perceive the value in them. As an example, you know, I had, you know, robust staff in my work and professional life and in my home life, we had full-time house manager and, I would say that house manager also had a few what I would consider assistants, people that did specific jobs for the household. And then this particular woman managed the household for us. So I did not enter a grocery store, for example, for years. I did not touch my own laundry for years. Now, if you're sitting there saying, hey, that sounds like a dream, I I get it. It's very seductive. And at some point, I started realizing that I was disconnected from two things. One, I was disconnected from those aspects of our lives that I believe there, for which there is value in taking care of yourself rather than having other people take care of your basic needs for you. Again, we had, you know, a chef that was providing meals, uh, the cars were washed, the house was clean. And I, in that, in, in that window of time, became divorced from a lot of the most basic aspects of myself. And I didn't realize it until, well, I feel like it was too late. Reigniting those moments, right? Folding laundry, doing grocery shopping. Now that's not to say I love those things and I do them all the time, but the ability to embrace a routine, activities like washing dishes, activities like I always take a walk in the morning or There's an afternoon window where I walk the dog or whatever. These routines, instead of having a dog walker, instead of hiring someone to do your dishes, embracing these routines, these uh, basic activities actually is an amazing way of allowing your brain to switch to that mode, that basic contemplative autopilot-ish mode where if you can think about the things that you are doing in in this moment, the washing of the dish, the folding of the laundry, it can bring you a certain stillness. And it's in that stillness, see earlier point from my friend Ryan's book on stillness is the key. It's in that stillness, that quiet, that profundity can 
grow, that brilliant ideas and insights. Stillness really is a key. So think about embracing some routine, some basic activities in your life, some self-care, some care for your, your home, your things that could then in turn foster what I'm talking about. Now, I recognize that there's a bit of a paradox here, right? Society paints boredom as something to be avoided. It paints busy. If you're a subscriber to my email newsletter, jacejarvis.com slash email. I just published an email called busy is a lack of priority. And I gave a number of things to fix busyness, right? When society paints boredom as something to be avoided, when culturally we look at busy people and celebrate their busyness because they must be important. When those things are present, it's essential to recognize that something is wrong with those pictures. Let's instead start to champion a little bit of boredom. Let's recognize it for what it is. It's a catalyst for health, wellness, balance, and most importantly, for creativity. By reframing how we view and respond to boredom, we can actually unlock a huge and powerful tool in our creative arsenal. Now, as I wrap up today's micro show, I often like to give an assignment, an assignment for this coming week. So that's what I'd like to do right now. And I want this week's assignment to be something I consider to be wildly fun. Plan periods of absolutely nothing. And you're like, wait, how is that fun? Try me. Easy in concept. It can be very hard to do. Have you ever tried to meditate and you don't have any sort of training or you haven't uh, spent some time developing that muscle, those skills? It can be really weird. The same is true for this exercise that I'm about to ask you to do or that I have just asked rather you to do, right? If you can't stand long moments of nothing, this is for you. Even if you can't, I bet 10 minutes will be difficult. Try 10 minutes of nothing as a first step. Just sitting there, try it. I'm not going to say you need to meditate. I'm not going to say you need to, I'm not going to tell you what you need to look at or think about. Just try and be bored for 10 minutes and then increase it. You can try 10 minutes one day, 20 minutes the next day or the day after. And if at some point this week you can do 30 minutes of boredom, I think you'll, you'll notice something interesting about what happens to your mind. It goes in interesting places and it rewires an important piece of your neural network. In the words of writer and philosopher Robert Persig, Boredom always precedes a period of great creativity. But there you have it. The next time you find yourself feeling bored, instead of seeking something to change that, instead of seeing that moment as a negative, embrace it, lean into it, because I think your next big idea is probably in your next thought right around the corner. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, Chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.